0: Welcome to Haunted Hospitality, Southern Stories Told by Spooky Gingers. I'm Robin. And I'm Zoe, and we both have stories for
1: you today in our Arkansas episode of the Haunted College Tour Palooza Season 2.
0: Yes, every Tuesday this August, we are exploring haunted universities in the Southern United States with the singular goal of scaring incoming freshmen. Yes, because we're mean like that. But
1: first, Robin, <laughs> <laughs> how's life?
0: It's good. I finally watched Umbrella
1: Academy. Oh, wow. I've only seen the first season. Oh, really? You stopped after that? So I watched the first season. I watched the first season when it came out, and then I didn't hear when the second season came out. And then I know the third recently came out, and I was just like, but watching TV is so much effort. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally the least effort you could do. (laughs) I don't know. I i i i just don't like watching tv these days i i instead will scroll mindlessly on tiktok for hours so i'm not gonna i'm not trying to be like one of those people who goes i don't watch tv like no i just don't have the attention span for it
0: oh wow we as a society are really collapsing because of tiktok yes Uh, how would you like it (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so good it's so good it's so good i have a lot of feelings hopefully they get renewed for season four yeah they left I me know. on a limb, guys. They oh, was it on... a cliffhanger hanger? This kinda of, this show kinda of always ends on cliffhangers. It doesn't there's there's no wrapping it up. I can't imagine this story wrapped up. Not everybody is gonna be okay. Yeah. That's just my opinion. How are you? I don't
1: know. How's I, your life? I'm good. I have two things that I need to update people on. Both spooky. The first one is the Ouija board that I first mentioned, like four episodes ago now. Oh, yeah. So, I did the Ouija board. I do have a video of it, but I'm probably not going to, like, put it out anywhere. Because it's... I it's, First of all, you're not really supposed to do a Ouija board by yourself. The spooky reason is because the ghost can overcome you. The reality reason is because the psychology doesn't work the same. And so, like, the whole point of a Ouija board is that you're supposed to, like, kind of twitch your hands... And you don't realize that you're twitching your hands and then your friend is twitching their hands and you end up spelling something out. But what ended up happening is, like, Mm. I would ask the spirit to spell something out and then, like, I would get too involved in my brain and then it would just be random
0: letters. It was garbly gook. But... So, wait, there was actually movement.
1: Yes. But I I didn't trust myself that that movement wasn't my movement. Okay. Because, like, I was doing my best to not... Move it, but when it comes to being doing a Ouija board, like you're gonna move it because your man, you can't ever hold your hand perfectly still, you make movements no matter what. And it's just when you're doing in the Ouija board, when you're in that like headspace, you are moving the planchette. But if you believe what I found, supposedly the ghost that haunts my apartment that I have thought was a man in the past is a man with the initials of R.C. He is 27 years old or 275. Um, maybe it's 27.5. <laughs> <27. laughs> I don't know, but it went two, seven and then five. So, and he was not killed. Uh, his family doesn't live here, but instead he is buried in the cemetery that is right next door to my apartments.
0: Okay, you told me nothing happened. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> you texted
1: me nothing happened because i i couldn't tell if it was like my own because i would do i would do like how did you ju- die and it would go to w f h you know like working from home I from home too much <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, and then i would ask again it would be d q l like
0: dairy queen, queen
1: life Blue. oh okay yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that was the Ouija board update. The other thing, so very briefly in the last episode, I did tell you that I got locked in the back rooms Well, I was in Savannah. So I kind of forgot about it until you mentioned it or get mentioned being locked into a service room. So, okay, let me set the scene for you. It's Monday. So it was the day we were leaving. It was very, very hot outside. I was constantly fanning myself because I was sweating. So you're moving out. We were leaving. Well, we we had already packed our cars. We had already checked out. And we were getting breakfast. So you were moving out of your dorm? No, Savannah. This trip that I just went on.
0: Oh, I thought you were telling... Because I thought you had said you got locked in your suite bathroom when you were in a dorm. I thought that's what you meant. No,
1: I said I got locked in the back rooms.
0: Oh, I was like, how did you remember it was a Monday when you moved out of your dorm? I remember nothing. Okay. Okay. So
1: the back rooms are like an alternate reality that people can get locked into. And I am jokingly calling it the back rooms. But what really happened is I got locked in a hallway. But anyway, so let me set them. <laughs> so oh, it was this past... Sorry. No, you're good. It was this past Monday. We had lo- loaded up our cars. We were going to breakfast. We were walking down downtown Savannah. It was hot outside. I was sweating. I was sweating. Um, We waited in this line forever, and I finally got my food, and I was balancing my waffle and my coffee and my utensils and my open container of syrup, and I had to make my way upstairs to the seating area. And there are three gray doors that are all identical along this wall, and people are saying that the stairs up to the eating area are past these doors. And... I get my food, I get my utensils, and I see one of those gray doors. I open the gray door and I walk out and I'm in a hallway. And on this hallway, it's a long hallway. There's that gray door I just came in that shut behind me. There's another gray door on the same wall. There's a like built-in shelf that has a single photo and a doily and a candle that I can only really describe as an altar. And then there's an elevator So I pushed the button for the elevator, thinking it was to go to the second floor to sit and eat, and I pushed it, and I don't really hear any movement. And I push it again, the light goes out, I push it again, and I'm like, okay, I thought down this hallway the stairs would be, like, around a corner. So I go down this long hallway, and keep in mind, it's very hot in here. It's not air-conditioned. And also, I have a medical condition that causes me to faint. So... I go down this hallway and there's no stairwell. So I go to the second gray door and it's locked. And I'm like, oh, well, let me go through the door that I just came in. And the elevator had arrived. I'm like, oh, I don't care at this point. I'm just going to take the door. And this whole time I'm balancing my food, drink, whatever. And I go to open the door that I went into the hallway and it is locked. It locked behind me. And so the elevator door closes. I press the elevator door. It opens. I get in the elevator. I hit the floor two button. It doesn't move. The light turns off. I hit the door two button. It doesn't move. I hit the door open button. There's a delay, but it opens. And I'm like jiggling the lock. Can't get it open. So I go to the altar and I put my food in the altar. And at this point, I'm panicking. I'm hot. And I feel like I'm about to pass out. Like, my head's whooshing, like, my my tunnel vision is starting, like, I'm about to pass out. Luckily, my brother is with me, uh, like, he's in the group, so I I call my brother, and he's like, why are you calling me? I'm like, I locked myself, I locked myself in the back rooms, I locked myself in the back rooms, and he's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and so, my, I have to, I explain what happened, and my brother's like, I hear him telling somebody, um, in person, So he locked herself in a room. And so, like, he comes down the (laughs) stairs because he was already upstairs. They had no idea where I had went because I was the first one who left. So he comes back downstairs and I hear him go, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, as he, like, goes through the crowd. And he opens the door and there I'm standing. I'm pale as mess. And I'm just holding my food like, thank you. And we, like, go upstairs to sit down and I'm, like, shaking I feel like I'm about to puke. Like, it was intense. They really need a sign that says, do not enter. This door
0: locks. (laughs) Zoe, that sounds like quite the ordeal. I'm very sorry. It's okay. I can't believe you went through all that with an open container of syrup. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it was like one of those dipping sauces, and it was sideways because the plate wasn't big enough. Oh.
0: Yeah. It was intense. I'm glad you made it out, because... I don't know. It sounds very... Cr- like, imagine I, if I I, h- I... I don't... Yeah. Like,
1: imagine mm-hmm. if I had passed out back there before I was able to call my brother.
0: Like, they'd be like, where the heck
1: did she go? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they probably wouldn't think the back rooms. You no. Know. But anyway. I hope that you would be found eventually, but... I really I hope anyway. so.
1: <laughs> but... <laughs> but anyway, I have a something something for you. Yeah, that sounds great. So, Robin, it was this mm-hmm. month a year ago that I introduced the creature corner so really I couldn't let a haunted college palooza tour go without doing another creature corner Robin have you heard of melon heads
0: no no I haven't
1: so melon heads are short humanoid creatures with large deformed heads think golem but even a bigger head like golem from lord of the rings I got that yeah I wanted to make sure our listeners did
0: Oh, okay. You're insulting (laughs) my intelligence. No,
1: I know you know what Lord of the Rings is. So. Okay, thank you. The Tale of Melonheads started in the 1970s in Holland, Michigan. And supposedly the story goes is that there was an insane asylum that burned down due to one of the patients committing arson. And some of the patients escaped before the police and fire department arrived. And they found a cave somewhere in the woods relatively nearby and they just set up camp there and decided to live there but that was in the 19s or like i think a little bit before the 1970s but the problem is that there were very few people and they wanted to live in a closed environment and so there was inbreeding going on a lot of inbreeding going on um okay so, the idea is that melon heads are said to be the descendants of those escaped patients, and they are deformed by breeding. inbreeding. They're theorized to have hydrocephalus, which is an accumulation of cerebrospinal fluid in the brain that causes malformations in infants. If you get it when you're an adult, your skull's already formed, you're good, but if you get it as a baby in the womb or as an infant, it shapes your head weirdly. And apparently it's very common with inbred people. One source I saw also mentioned that they could have dwarfism. But the reason that mm-hmm. they are a creature corner is because A, there's no proof. B, they are known to hide in the woods and kill and attack people. So they'll hide in the woods, you'll okay. go hiking, and they'll jump out at you. But like these are three foot naked creature like golems and there's no like photo of them there's no proof of them so this is why i don't feel like bad covering them like these aren't real so there are other backstories depending on where you're from in ohio people believe that there was a man named dr crow and he performed experiments on children and they became deformed and that's where melon heads come from in Connecticut, the story is similar to the first Michigan story that I covered, but in this one, they are deformed due to cannibalism, as well as inbreeding, and they will prey upon humans who wander into their territory
0: and eat them. How can you be deformed because of cannibalism, or do we not want to get into that?
1: I didn't look into it. I know that, like, you can get sick if you eat a human brain, but I don't know, like... Yeah. Maybe nutrients?
0: Okay. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> um, Interesting. So how, Go ahead. how far does this spread? So... Like, how many places is this? It was Ohio,
1: Michigan, and Connecticut. Those were the three big states that covered it. Okay. Yeah. And, like, again, this is relatively new because it started in the 1970s. So I would call it a more modern folklore kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, there is a movie from 2011 that is called The Melon Heads, one word, and it's based on the Michigan legend. The main character, named Brian Clark, is a researcher, and he's trying to determine if they do exist, and he teams up with a local, and they hunt them down and probably get hunted and returned. I didn't watch it. And then there is a tooth
0: <laughs> <laughs> There is a two... 2000- I like how it sounds like you're giving your synopsis of it, and you're like, nah, not that. No. <laughs> Um, And
1: then there's also a movie from 2010 called The Legend of the Melonheads, where four young adults go to multiple haunted locations, including the lab of Dr. Crow.
0: Ah, Dr. Crow. Okay. Yes. But yeah, that's the melonhead. Zoe, thank you for sharing about this relatively new folklore creature. You're welcome. Do you
1: have a story for us today? Yes, I do. All right. Well, before we get into our stories, do you have any trigger warnings you'd like to cover? I do. I have a content warning for suicide.
0: Okay, same here. All right. So now that we have that covered, I am covering the University of Arkansas Mm -mm. in today's episode. This is in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and it was first called the Arkansas Industrial University and founded in 1871. Really, the meat of our story begins in 1905 with Carnal Hall. It is the second oldest building on campus and originally served as women's dorms, and it was built far away from where the men stayed, FYI, for propriety's sake. It was named after Ella H. Carnall, who was a professor at the university from 1891 to 1894. She taught English and modern languages And unfortunately, she only worked there three years because in 1894, she had typhoid and then fairly quickly after that diagnosis passed away. The building was converted to a fraternity house for the Phi Gamma Deltas in 1967 and then became an office and classroom building in 1982 and around that time was also put on the National Register for Historic Places. Unfortunately, in the 1990s, the building wasn't really being used anymore because at this point it was very old, needed a lot of repairs and stuff, and to do so would just cost a lot of money. So the university was going to close it down, not have it used anymore, and before that was going to happen, a student wanted to go and take photos of it. So she walked around the first floor, and while she was there, she did hear somebody like walking around the second floor above her which she wasn't too worried about because it wasn't closed yet but when she did she did go through the whole building and when she had done that she realized she was the only person there so that was her first tip off and then toward the end of her visit she went to the library on the first floor of the building where there was a table with two books on it so she went up to the table turned away started of walking from the table heard a loud sound and then turned back and the books had fallen to the floor. Ooh. So that is not spooky. Yes. More of the go see things happen after it is converted to a hotel so in the early 2000s you know the university wasn't using it at all and there were some people who were very interested in the preservation of the building and so these groups bought it from the university and converted it into a hotel which is still very much associated with the university it's like the university's official hotel i think i don't know if it's official but it is where their hospitality students will go to train or one could call them haunted hospitality <laughs> students hey. very funny um so the main ghost of carnell hall is of course ella h Carnal, the professor who the place was named after she will supposedly reorganize how you're organizing your room she'll shift things around a little bit people who are staying there will see sometimes an indentation on their mattress like she is sitting on the bed with them and supposedly she will float around the building wearing a ball gown but she is missing certain key features when this is happening i.e her head and her feet oh no so (laughs) there's this I have a story of two engineers who were working in the basement on something and they came up after that and they were in this hallway and this floating gown, again, missing the head, missing the feet, comes floating out of this one wall, crosses the hall, and floats into the next wall and disappears there. And it didn't seem to register them, though these guys did register it, which... I would, too. Yeah. I I would clock that, I like to think. The cool thing about this is that she seems like a very nice ghost, and people get a lot of good vibes from her. Two more things that happen there. Apparently, lights will turn on without anyone turning them on, so you know, typical ghosty stuff. And apparently there are ghostly photographs that seem to depict spirits sitting in the furniture. I was not able to find any of these photos. I did find a photo from when that original girl was walking around the building, but she... The the photo that was supposed to have something spooky in it, like, clearly it was supposed to, like, depict a apparition staring out the window but to be honest with you I just thought it was like a abstract piece of art that was like weirdly placed to be outwardly viewing and I'm not saying that like that's what it was but I'm just saying like I didn't send it to you because I was looking at it and be like I wouldn't think ghost and mm-hmm. also I think I saw a cat in it Oh, which maybe that was the thing moving on the second floor sorry I'm just like debunking the story as I tell it <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that is I would say probably their most well-known haunting, though I do not think it is their most haunted spot. So I'm going to do a brief interlude for a campus superstition. This is called the 1900 Block. The University of Arkansas has this thing that is called the Senior Walk, and it's actually very cool because every single graduating class gets every single student's name from that year onto this walkway that's like I think, at least five miles long by this point. So, like, your name, every every graduating person's name has been, like, carved into the cement at this place, which I think oh. is super cool. The only thing is, if you're a freshman, do not set foot on the 1900 block, because legend has it that if you do that, you will not graduate from the University of Arkansas. You to so avoid that. Why? why? Because according to legend, the class of 1900 all died while going on a senior trip together. According to legend, them? not a soul comes back. However, this is patently false. They're okay. fine. Or they're not fine anymore, but they were fine. <laughs> <laughs> they They did survive. It's fine. Really, probably, probably the real origin behind the superstition before the story grew is that there was a crack that started to form in the 1900 block. And so the story just went on from there. That's like a very big exaggeration from a crack in the block
1: to they all died.
0: Well, it's like, well, okay, don't step on a crack. You'll break your mother's back. Okay, clearly. So already don't step on it. And then it's like, well, why is it this one block? Maybe it's that all of them died on this trip, but they had have to be graduating or about to graduate, put all their names in. Okay, so it was their senior trip. Okay, and then you start telling it like, rather than maybe this happened, you say this it did happened. happen. And then all of a sudden it's gospel. I just, I would love to be a fly on the wall seeing how rumors spin, mm-hmm. you know? Like not about people. Right. About ghosts. <laughs> Don't tell me anything bad about people. So another building, and I believe this is the oldest building on campus. It sounds like it is. It's called Old Main. Okay. <laughs> Which sounds like a main building that's old. There's quite a number of things that happen in here. I only found one article about it, though. It makes me want to be sad. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> supposedly people will go into the building and some of them will feel like they are being choked. Though, of course, you don't see the hands that are choking you. All you know is, well, you're having a hard time breathing there. There is a sound of a baby crying. And apparently, and this may be my favorite bit, there is a really weird bathroom where really weird things happen. And people tend not to go to that bathroom. And I didn't see any other description about what goes down in that bathroom. But now I'm very, very curious. A baby crying at a
1: university... Makes me think that may be demonic because demons tend to mimic children and infants.
0: And, like, why would a baby be at a university? Yeah, I
1: mean, like, there's reasons, but it's not like it's an orphanage, you know?
0: Yeah, it's not a common thing.
1: So, that makes me think demonic, especially with the choking thing.
0: That didn't even occur to me. You're welcome. Oh, man. Thank you. Okay. Okay so there were a group of students who were taking a seminar on I don't know if the seminar was on ghost hunting or if it was on ghosts or if it was on the occult or if it was on spear I don't know I don't know if they were just taking a seminar and then as part of that seminar they went to Old Maid during the nighttime And they were led by a group called the TSS Paranormal Investigators. And this was in 2019. And what the experience was like, okay, so some would feel like it turned suddenly cold in there. And then someone would ask the ghost to go away. And then the cold would go away. Like they wouldn't be cold anymore. Okay. Which seems nice Uh and not demonic. Right. However, the next thing... (laughs) is that students asked, like, the spirit for a sign that you're here. And in the silence, they heard the cracking of knuckles. Okay. And between the choking, whatever is there just sounds very aggressive to me. Yeah. Maybe there's multiple things, but one of them feels like it's aggressive, like physical, mm-hmm. which it's not good for me. It's not good for me. I have two more for you. So we have, this is more like, I don't know if it's, coincidence because i'm assuming i'm reading these stories and i'm assuming that these two are just kind of your your legends that typically spring up rather than rooted in realness but two sororities seem to have very similar stories about them so it's alpha delta pi and zeta tau alpha and both of them have a house do you know what a house mother
1: is i'm guessing somebody who like takes care of them, cooks the food, cleans the common areas.
0: Yeah, yeah. So both of them have stories of a house mother who had a daughter at the university. One of them had a daughter who was caught with a boy. Oh. And after that, like, I guess it was the shame of that, that according to the story, the mother killed herself. Oh! And the, yeah, yeah, and then the other sorority, and I'm sorry, I can't really remember which one was which, but the other sorority had the house mother kill herself because her daughter chose to pledge to a different university, not university, a different sorority at the university. So I just wanted to tell you, like, it seems like those were probably, they're so similar that I feel like those stories probably originated together and then one or the other of the sororities somehow adopted it. Right. And then it changed. Again, fly on the wall for how rumors happen. But in the Zeta-Tau Alpha house, I didn't hear about how the Alpha Delta Pies are haunted, but in the Zeta-Tau Alpha house, the house mother ghost will apparently put students' shoes in the shower, which doesn't seem productive or very house mother <laughs> to me. That sounds like hazing that they are blaming on a ghost to me it's also like i mean it's probably probably the the healthiest form of hazing but it's also one of the things that's less of um hazing and more of why'd you do that
1: (laughs) Um, i guess i'm fine with it but why'd you do that (laughs) (laughs) like i guess my shoes are wet now i'm not
0: even annoyed yeah it didn't even say like the shower was on they're just in the shower weird i know which makes me think like that's honestly, I think, probably the part of the story that has the most truth to it of, like, for whatever reason, people were seeing shoes in the shower and they were like, okay, we gotta, we gotta fit this in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Now I'm going to tell you my favorite story of the University of Arkansas that I was able to come across. So it is at Hill Hall, which is a building no longer standing, yet it does seem that the ghost lingers because of how the story ends. So it was... I think that maybe the sec No, not the second one. It was an old building on campus. It was built in the early 1900s, and it made it through the 1990s. It used to be, way back in the olden days, a men's residence hall. And in the basement, it was an interesting combination of showers and kitchen. Okay. Uh, so, according to this story, and I, I don't know if this is true. It might be true. I don't know. According to the story, one of the students was walking out of the shower area and got electrocuted touching the wires that were for the kitchen Hmm. and he died and i'm trying to picture out like i don't know how wires or electricity really used to be conveyed like you know in the early 1900s or something but for that to have happened i'm assuming that it really must have been not well insulated at all but anyway decades later the basement was being used for a forensic anthropology lab and this was a lab specifically that graduate students were working on and they didn't need to be supervised by their professor who in this case was named jerry rose Uh, they didn't need to be supervised by their professor when they were working in the lab because they're graduate students and they would often come in overnight to do you know more work and stuff and many of them like so many of them got to a point where they felt like somebody was there with them and that they would see a young man at the edge of their vision who was just looking at them and looking at what they were doing they did not feel like weird about it okay they felt like they really liked the ghost and they thought he was friendly and they looked into it and like they they looked i guess maybe into deaths of the building i don't know exactly their research process but like that's how like they learned the story of what he was and so they were like oh so this is the guy who died here that they put that connection together that year that semester hill hall was going to be torn down uh, the building was going to be torn down it'd been up for a long time and the lab was going to be moved to a different building i believe this one was old Main and the students felt really bad about leaving their ghost behind And so they thought it'd be cute, you know, like, as they're packing up everything from the lab to take over to Old Main, they had written on this one box, Ghost of Hill Hall, like they were going to take it with them. And on the very last night that they were at the university, or not at the university, but the very last night they were in Hill Hall, Jerry Rose, the professor, he's there by himself now, he says he was about to leave, and he feels a chill, and he... Says aloud to the ghost, he's like, Okay, bad things are about to happen to this building. You're probably not going to like it. We're moving buildings. You can get in this box. He opens the box and he says, And come with us if you want to. All right, so he takes the box to Old Main that night, returns the next morning, and the box is open. That's cute. i I like that i know i know and that's not even like one of the well-known stories of this university but i think it totally should be i think it should be like that i just read that and i was like oh my gosh this is a gem that
1: is adorable i love that so much because he was probably like watching them because if it was that many years that went between like what the heck are you doing you know like you're doing lab stuff (laughs)
0: Like, what is a science? Yeah. <laughs> and they were just, it, the students really liked him. They just hung out. And, you know, maybe they were, like, the first group that, like, did the research and, like, knew who they were talking to or talking about or knew who was with them. And anyway, apparently, the students have had, I don't know if it's the same experience, but similar feelings in Old Maine That's um, cool. About the ghost, I believe. So, it seems like he just hopped in the box and came over. Like a little kitty cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right, well, those are my, thank you. Those are my stories of the University of Arkansas. Well, thank you for sharing, Robin. Do you want to share your Arkansas stories? No, I'm not really in the mood. All right. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's episode.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course. Okay. So I'm doing Henderson State University, and honestly, it probably could have stood alone. But I did want to include a little bit of Washita Baptist University, just because there is a story that goes back and forth between them. So I cover a little bit of Washita Baptist University, which I will call OBU. It doesn't sound like it, but yes, it has an O at the beginning, But the main one is Henderson State University, HSU. So, Henderson State University is in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, which is a great city name. It was founded in 1890, and it was as the Arkadelphia, nope. Arcadia Methodist College, then in 1904 it became the Henderson College, then in 1911 it became the Henderson-Brown College, and then in 1929 it became the Henderson State Teachers College, and then in 1967 it became <laughs> the Henderson State College, and then they became the Henderson State University in
0: 1975. Yay. Good for them. <laughs> I love how long it takes these colleges to settle on a name. Absolutely. So,
1: this place has a lady in black, which is very odd considering you had a nun in black in the previous episode. I did. Yes. So the legend goes that a female student at HSU was dating an older male student at OBU, which is the rival school across the highway. So think USC Clemson, except they can see each other's buildings from their buildings. That'd be a bloodbath. Yes. (laughs) But so this was a Romeo Juliet situation where the HSU female student was dating the OBU male student until the new class of freshmen came in and the male student dumped her for a freshman. So this broke to her heart. And while it doesn't say it was a suicide, it's very heavily implied that she went to DeSoto Bluff, which is a hiking trail with some steep drop-offs, and she fell off of one of those drop-offs to her death. So, Mm -hmm. she is now seen in the female dorms, either at Halloween or during the week of the Battle of the Ravine, which is the annual football game between HSU and OBU. So people claim that she shows up during that week to look for the freshman who stole her boyfriend because the freshman was at OBU. So she started making her appearance in 1929 when the college became a state institution. She will walk the halls wearing all black, including a black veil, rattling chains and holding a candle because she's dramatic. The story... (laughs) (laughs) So students who hear her or see her will run... Like, so it's only girls dorms and they'll like all run from room to room until they're all in one room and they'll just like huddle in that room until she disappears. In the Womack Hall, which used to be a dorm, but no longer is, she is seen frequently chasing freshmen through the halls, like literally like Scooby-Doo style. Uh, Like
0: literally? Okay.
1: Yeah. Like she's literally seen chasing freshmen through the halls. Which makes me kind of think that they hire an actress... Okay.
0: Yeah, I would do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, the school loves her, so... The most frequent dorm to (laughs) see her in is in Smith Hall. It has been a woman-only dorm since the 1970s, and it has the most stories in it, but unfortunately they are all pretty much the same of... It was the football week, and I saw her, and I screamed and hid in my room
0: until she disappeared. I like that people... I don't know. I just, that's a very visceral reaction you don't always hear about people having with ghosts, which, like, I mean, like, they should. Yeah. But, like, you don't always hear that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm thinking, like, a cartoon of, like, her just rattling her train at them while they all run Scooby-Doo style between the doors, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, in addition to the chains and lights, sometimes people hear screaming, but others believe that that's just the screams of the alive students. Um... (laughs) (laughs) the director of housing (laughs) the director of housing nikki laird says that she does get a lot of complaints specifically from the eighth floor of smith hall but she says she herself does not believe in the ghost the school does embrace the story every fall semester on the first day of class the story of the lady in black is told as a part of the annual pine tree speech and here is a direct quote from the speech. But don't be afraid just because you hear chains rattling slowly and you see a candle flickering faintly and glimpse a shattery figure dressed in black roaming your dorm. If you did not steal this poor soul's love, you have nothing to fear. The cold, clammy hand simply looks. Perhaps she'll never find.
0: What is going on in this <laughs> university?
1: <laughs> Like, you remember when we had that, like, First Night at USC, or whatever it was called?
0: Yeah, I think it was called First Night.
1: Imagine we go to First Night, and instead of showing parkour and Ultimate Frisbee and cheerleaders, they talked about ghosts.
0: (laughs) I would have liked that so much more. Absolutely. So much more. I did not need, like, a 5,000-person pep rally. Yeah,
1: no, that was unnecessary. But, um... (laughs) So there is a non-ghostly potential source behind the Lady in Black. In 1910s, there was a student named Nell Page who started her own little mini tradition. On the night, HSU and OBU would have a football match, but before it started, she would walk the halls wearing either a white dress or a black dress. If she wore a white dress, she thought... HSU would lose. If she wore a black dress, she thought that they would win. So it was like she was predicting. It was like she was became the gopher or had what is it called groundhog? She, groundhog. Yeah. So this led students to start looking for her on game nights and they would all be like, oh, is she wearing a black dress? Is she wearing a black dress? Because she tended to be correct. So she was, I didn't find a statistic anywhere, but like if she said they were going to win, they were going to win. At this time, only female students lived on campus, so that would have contributed to the idea that she only haunts female students. And Nell Page did die at a young age, but she died of tuberculosis at 27, so it wasn't falling to her death. They say that the college can't find any evidence of a student taking her own life at the college during that time period. Which they are like, "Hey, just to remind you, that's good news," um, but <laughs> but they <Oops. laughs> but they will continue to tell the story of the lady in black.
0: Oh, you gotta yeah. So this is where it gets a little bit juicy. So, I'm sorry the the the, the running after you. Lady in black wasn't juicy enough? I'm... No. <laughs> what is... you tell me.
1: So, if you go to OBU's website, their rival school, they claim that the lady in black was actually their student and that the older male student was an HSU student. So, their side of the can story. Can I
0: give you my headcanon about what's actually going on? Sure. They were lesbians.
1: No, you I don't think
0: know... so. <laughs> had no okay okay
1: <laughs> uh, the reason I don't think that they're lesbian is, is just because like she seems like almost evil to other girls instead of like looking for her love you know
0: lesbians can be evil
1: no because no, no, like the whole thing is that the ghost terrorizes girls so if she was looking so you're
0: saying like there's no love
1: right she's terrorizing girls she's not like looking for the love of her life okay
0: got you thank you uh-huh.
1: so so they they nickname the girl the lady in black jane and they call the male student joshua so they say that joshua broke up with jane due to the pressure from other students saying that he shouldn't date the rival school student because jane went to obu which is a religious college and she wasn't partying and she wasn't Putting out. She was being a good little student, and they were like, You don't want to date that boring person. Dump her and date somebody from here instead. And so, depending on the story, either on homecoming day, he broke up with her, and then she still ended up going to homecoming and saw him with another girl, or he never broke up with her. She just saw him go to homecoming with another girl. So, Jane, at this point, goes back to her room, puts on a black dress, and puts on a black veil, and jumps down an elevator shaft.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, they claim that she roams the halls moaning and sobbing, warning students not to date an HSU boy. And in this story, she could be heard every night of the year except for homecoming night. Where she'll go over to HSU to find the girl who stole her man, which I'm like, oh, maybe they're maybe she is going between both of them. Maybe they're both right, you know. I mean, they're geographically very close, very close. So, in the other version, in the HSU version, she's wearing a uh, she's wearing the all black and she has a chain and the candle. Well, in this version, she does not have the chain and the candle. Instead, she has a butcher knife. Yeah yeah soups cash so <laughs> <laughs> so at this point i could leave obu but i did want to come back a little bit so they have like a couple other stories that i'm like ooh this is interesting can i find any more information and i found like the same Three sentence paragraph on five different sources so this is yeah. going to be a lightning round for obu people claim that dormitory windows will break up their own accord at night especially in women's dorms people have seen orbs in the basement of one of the buildings not sure which one and this is seen with eyes not cameras people will see eyes speaking of eyes in dark corners like just eyes looking at you from the corner And when they shine a light, there's nothing there. In most of the dorms, your walls can randomly start bleeding. This is a well-known fact. Couldn't find any more information. (laughs) Any more information about if it disappears, what dorms it's in, any photos, nothing. That's just apparently a rumor. And then when I was trying to find an origin, trying to find more, I did find a murder. And I was like, I wonder if, like, there's a spirit tied around this murder to the school and that's why the walls are bleeding because that very much seems like a oh, thing, you know, like a murder thing. Mm-hmm. So this murder is of Oren Hendrickson and his wife, Patricia Hendrickson, was an OBU dorm mother. So basically, I think it can be its own episode, so I'm not going to go too much into detail But essentially, she had a lover at the school, and her name was Norma, and every spare moment she had, she would stay at the dorm, or at the school, so she can spend time with Norma, and her husband was starting to get suspicious, and she didn't want to leave Norma. So she hired two students to kill her husband, and things went down.
0: That's her solution?
1: Yes. Well, she ended up getting, like, $600,000 uh, $600, life insurance payoff, which is what she said she did oh. it for. And then I think it was, like, $500,000 worth of real estate. So he was killed on March 10th, 1983, and the police didn't have any leads until eight months later when one of the students confessed out of guilt. So she would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those pesky kids, or however the sentence goes.
0: about <laughs> I think you meddling 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 there we go this is our second scooby-doo reference of the episode I know right Uh,
1: (laughs) but yeah so suppose so there's four people on campuses nor on campuses on campus Norma Patricia and the two students who all knew about the situation so I wonder if like maybe their guilt and their hand in the murder has them like haunting the campus that was like the center point like if it wasn't for the campus norma and patricia would never have met i wonder if it's like one of those situations where it's just like maybe one of their ghosts is haunting the school not because they died there but because a really big violent thing happened because of the school not because of the school but you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah okay
1: so who knows The last thing I have to tell you about is Simon the Theater Ghost. So, Simon is a little bit overshadowed by the Lady in Black. Usually when I'm doing my research, I can find, like, at least one article that is, like, here is the whole story of this one ghost. And then I'll find, like, five or six other articles that have a couple more details. But in this one, I was able to find... A snippet here a snippet there and a snippet here and kind of like put together my own story from it oh okay cool from what i can tell he is a fan a lover of theater and music and so he will go wherever theater or music will go so there's a couple buildings on the campus there's an auditorium there's a theater room and there is a dorm hall for theater students that he has been seen in or well He affects. I think he might be a poltergeist because nobody ever sees him. And he is mischievous. Yep.
0: Wait, a theater-specific poltergeist? Yes. Nice. So,
1: he is a prankster. He is known to drop newspapers and other objects to the theater stage from the catwalk above, especially during plays. (laughs) (laughs) In the theater, he is seen in the balcony section, you know, like the balcony section of a theater yeah and he will flip seats as a prank so he'll just like flip them and i feel like turning a chair upside down is like the go-to poltergeist move
0: is somebody in the chair
1: no it's usually during like a dress rehearsal or if they're just practicing
0: oh okay yeah i don't mind that
1: no not at all you can hear footsteps. That's the other thing that you mentioned. Footsteps isn't very poltergeisty. But then you'll hear giggling. So it's like, footsteps, and then hee 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 And then footsteps, and then hee 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 So...
0: <laughs> like, the footsteps are not just... They are on purpose. Yes. Yes. Oh, you're right. That is, like, a good way around that whole... I, I like it. I like it. I like it. Like,
1: to me, it sounds like he has two shoes, and he's going... This will creep them out. (laughs) Yeah. A commenter on hauntedplaces.org with the name Ethan Pierce posted on October 16th, 2015, that there is a ghost in the Arkansas Hall at HSU named Simon. I was at band camp just after my sixth grade year getting ready for a concert. I put my cymbals down to go get my mallets, and when I came back, they were gone. Simon took them. I'm like, are you sure you weren't being bullied? But okay, I'll believe you. (laughs) Are you haunted or are you just being bullied? I know. (laughs) Another person on the same site with a username Caden, C-A-D-E-N, on May 9th, 2016, posted theater major at hsu i can verify that simon is very real heard him myself tonight with some classmates as we were finishing our projects on the ah stage started out innocently enough but then we heard banging on the doors and the theater seats we turned tail and got out of there guess he was upset about something (laughs) okay (laughs) and then this last one does not mention simon at all but given the tech context, I'm going to call it Simon. So, mm-hmm. this is from ArkansasHauntedHouses.com. This is an anonymous source, but their post is titled, Strange Experiences in the Recital Hall. Recital is spelled very incorrectly. It was posted on September 2nd, 2021. Do you want to know how it's spelled?
0: Yeah, I really do. Thank you. <laughs> R-E-C-I-T-L-E. Okay. It's not as wrong as I was thinking it might be. But yeah, rickittle. Rickittle. (laughs) You're going to believe what went down in the rickittle hall.
1: (laughs) So they said, I am a music major currently attending HSU. I usually go to the Russell Fine Arts Center at around midnight to one in the morning to practice for no particular reason. Anyway, I was in the Evans Recital Hall practicing a gorgeous piece for the trombone when I played a different piece that was heavier and darker than the previous. I felt a weird energy. I started to get really cold and shivers went down my spine. A few minutes of this and I was pretty uncomfortable, but then something happened that really spooked the shit out of me. All of the lights at the back of the room slowly dimmed to off, but the stage stayed lit. At first I wasn't too worried, so I went to turn them back on, only to walk back and out onto the stage to find every light in the main room off. At this point I packed my things and left. I'm not the one to typically believe in paranormal activity, but that night kind of threw me for a loop. There are plenty of explanations for the lights, but what I can't get over is the feeling I had when I had switched pieces. I felt like there was something there, watching me, listening to me. I just felt awkward being there. Didn't like I didn't belong. I don't know what this might mean, but definitely scared the shit out of me.
0: That's so interesting because the effect of it seems to be n- much more personal mm-hmm. than the effects were previously with uh, this poltergeist figure. Right. Yeah.
1: But it's still about music, so I'm like, is that still Simon? Maybe Simon. But it's still about music. Maybe Simon didn't like that he was practicing in the midnight, in the middle of the night.
0: And didn't they say that it was like a um, if a dark kind of piece? I'm assuming a minor key. That, I mean, that really does things to you. It it would set you on edge, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, it would set me on edge to play a minor key at one, at 1 in the morning the in an empty theater. <laughs> Why are there so? I feel like there's always. A story of somebody playing an instrument in the music hall at night. Like, are these doors not locked? I feel like if we tried to go
1: anywhere in the middle of the night at USC, the doors were locked.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't hang out in campus buildings at midnight. Yeah. I really didn't. Other than residence halls.
1: The residence halls. And, I guess. The food hall. The and the, House. yeah, the Russell House. And the library. Those were the only places I was at after midnight.
0: I think the latest I stayed at the library was like 11 something once. Well, I,
1: you know, I lived like right across the street from the library. And then I had a friend that I was tutoring in my computer science class. And she, we had a homework that was due like at 10 a.m., and she messaged me at like midnight. Mm -hmm being like hey I haven't done the homework yet and so I went and I met her at midnight and I mean she got me food so I wasn't too mad about it (laughs) and I think I didn't get home until like three in the morning
0: I've this is a big aside but I've been but this is our college tour I have been so nostalgic for school libraries
1: really did you yeah all right well that's all I have for you for Henderson State University
0: All right, Zoe, thank you so much for sharing. I am, the mental image I have of a lady dressed in black, just full on chasing students is
1: With a chain. (laughs) Thank you. Uh You're welcome.
0: Everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, subscribe, review, tell a friend, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash haunted hospitality. For just $3 a month, you get another episode with us.
1: Yes, and it comes out on the 13th because we're spooky. If you want to see our sources for today's episode, you can head over to hauntedhospitality.wordpress.com. Or if you have your own spooky story, whether that be true crime or paranormal, supernatural, whatever you want to call it, or maybe you went to one of these schools, you can write to us at hauntedhospitalitypodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or slide into
0: our DMs. Yes, we are on Twitter at Haunted Hosts. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Haunted Hospitality. We hope to see you there. Stay Stay spooky. spooky.